Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear, and fine leather goods, all at 50% to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. This is it. The time has come. Saturday night's all right for fighting. Get in the ring and go the distance with Fight Night with Adam Catterall and Gareth A. Davies. You're better than that! On Talk Sport. It's Fight Night on Talk Sport. I'm Adam Catterall, Gareth A. Davies alongside me. We're in Las Vegas for UFC 246. If you've just joined us, uh, we've done two hours uh, on uh, mixed martial arts in the UFC. Uh, you've heard from Conor McGregor, Dana White. Uh, and John Kavanagh, get yourself uh, to the podcast. Make sure you hit the subscribe button uh, there, and therefore you can catch up on the content that we've uh, we've already put out here live on the radio. Uh, we're going to turn our attention now towards the world of boxing, I think, because Gareth decided to uh, lead me at a party yesterday with uh, Jorge Masvidal. So I've gone out with Masvidal. You've gone for dinner. You went a little bit more sophisticated. I'm drinking uh, Masvidal's new drink, a blend of tequila, and you're uh, you're out there. Eating, what is it, grilled chicken and asparagus with Tyson Fury? Is that what you were grilled doing? Grilled chicken, um, sweet potato slices Ooh, uh, with, a, with a, a cilantro pesto. Ooh. Really healthy. And, and the big man himself looked very healthy. A very kind of lean looking 19 stone, 19 stone one he was. I mean, the, he knows his weight. He's, be, he's having all his food prepared in a big um, Tyson Fury mansion on the outskirts of the city. Um, with his brother Shane, his brother Huey, Isaac Lowe, Tim, his manager, um, looking after all his business there. A um, couple of other friends, you know, boys camp. It's a typical Tyson camp, you know, always gets a little visit into into the mansion. Um, they, they seem in a really good place. He's going to be there tonight, of course, at the uh, yeah. Conor McGregor he's fight. He's attending, isn't he? Yeah, yeah he's, well, obviously, there's, a, there's an elision, isn't there, with he's got a contract with ESPN, the UFC's on ESPN, so all those things kind of tie yeah. together at the moment. I was very impressed with how he how he is mentally. Obviously, on Monday, he was in Los Angeles for the press conference with a kind of hastily uh, arranged press conference. Actually, yeah, thrown together. Yeah, we didn't know about it till the very end of last week, um, and. I went into loads of details with him about, you know, what he'd learned about Deontay Wilder when they went nose to nose. Um, I mean, Top Rank put out some lovely little stuff with them chirping away at each other. Tyson Fury trying to get in his head. Doesn't think he did get in Wilder's head. He said he sees a guy who's clearly preparing um, 
and it was, it was preparing very hard for what is a dangerous fight for both men mm-hmm. um, because both are unbeaten, mm-hmm. both have incredible reputations. Arguably, the fighter of the era is th- this is about. I mean, what a great start to the decade. We get to do this Conor McGregor's return two and a half weeks into January, and then February, late February, we get. Probably the fight that decides the best heavyweight mm. of this era, if you count Anthony Joshua, Dillian White, and all those guys in with them. Um, Tyson's living like a monk at the moment. Um, I don't know how many times he really is masturbating every day. Yeah, even seven, though he says. Yeah, he, he says seven. Some good go in that. I think he's boasting. But um, no, I think it, it was a it was a headline, wasn't yeah. it? Um, he's actually abstaining. From all of that, uh, <laughs> all the way up to fight week. Tyson likes to play yeah. with with the media and create these headlines. I mean, the Americans went mad for that headline. In fact, when I Googled Tyson Fury yeah. on my way there in the Uber, I could only find um, headlines from the last few days about how many times Tyson Fury masturbates. Um, <laughs> it's a weird thing to be talking about. It's, it's after 11 o'clock at night, but he always has a line for the media he uh, genuinely, I got thrown out of the house, Adam, as I said earlier, at eight thirty because they were all going to bed. He did a he'd, he'd done a a weights and and strength and conditioning session with Christian, his strength and conditioning coach, who's been with him for years. Um, he just looks fantastic, and he knows he's got to keep it going now um, for the next you know four weeks, and then he's into fight week. He was very. Happy, he's, he's very happy with um, Sugar Hill Stewart. Yeah, um, that's what I that was going to ask you that because obviously a lot of people will be thinking Ben's no longer in that camp. Ben, ben did wonderful things, not just for him boxing wise, but obviously from a personal point of view as well. Uh, that camp has changed. That's the that's the major difference, isn't it, between the first Wilder fight to this one? His trainer change. So he spoke highly, and he's in a good place with his new trainer, uh, Sugar Hill Stewart. Yeah, he is. I mean, he, you know. He's, they, they hasn't started the hard sparring yet. He's um, very impressed. Look, he, he knew Sugar Hill Stewart 10 years ago anyway. Mm. Um, he did some work in the Cronk Gym in Detroit with Manny Stewart when he first started off in his career. Um, he was two or three years into his career at that point. He turned pro at two, in 2008, of course. I was there that night. It was the night that, that um, Carl Frotch and Jean Pascal had. Mm. They had war for 12 rounds. And this curly-haired, tall, lanky, gypsy lad... Uh, came in and and was it was again showed his charisma. He was working with the Egans at the time. I met John, his father, and his uncle Fu- uh, Huey, uh, Peter rather, um, that night. And uh, I remember Mick Hennessy saying to me, he was with Mick Hennessy, and watch this kid because he's special. Look how special he has proven. Um, on the Ben Davison situation, I've spoken to both Ben and to Tyson, mm-hmm. and it was just Ben didn't want to work with another coach. Tyson accepted that. Ben made his own decision. They're still close friends. They're still good friends. And and often, you know when you are friends with a couple or whatever and they're divorcing or, or, or a couple you know are breaking up, it's always a sad moment when you like both people. Yeah. And I felt that when I heard they'd split up. But I'm really pleased to see, and again, it enhances my view of these guys, that there's no bitching, there's no bitterness. It hasn't worked out for them. It wouldn't surprise me to see them work together in the future. But Tyson told me he specifically chose Sugar Hill Stewart because he's going for a knockout in this fight. He is going to put it on 
Deontay Wilder. He watches the fight mm. with Deontay Wilder every time he does his running, every time he's on the treadmill. And he said, I, I watch the fight every single time. So I've watched it again and again and again. And he sees opportunities he didn't take in that fight. Yeah. Counters he should have been throwing. It's very interesting. Um, and you know, when you sit and actually, I don't g- agree with the game plan necessarily because I think he yeah. could outbox Wilder again. And I asked him, are you not going to be opening yourself up to more counters and, and more dangerous punches by taking him on? He said, no, I am going to put it on him and I'm going to pressurize him and he's going to be under pressure from me. Wilder has um, shown vulnerabilities against some fighters, yeah. but I think it's a risky strategy. Having said that, when you sit with Tyson, it's very convincing because he really believes he can do that. I agree with what you've just said there about that being a risky strategy. Yes, because the hardest hitting heavyweight, definitely in my generation that I've seen, and saying that you're going to go toe-to-toe with him and, and have it, I think he's crackers, especially when you're an elite you're an elite boxer with fantastic foot movement. Just jab his head off for 12 rounds, man. Get your hand raised, get your belt, and clear off and go and fight somebody else, you know? The reason behind it, they're saying, is that and this is, as I say, the only reason why he wanted to go with Sugar Hill Stewart was that he wants a knockout in this fight. Tyson doesn't believe. He believes that... I think he won that fight 114-110, okay? Yeah, I, I, I think I, th- I had 114-112, but yeah. Yeah, but I, I, I gave him every round apart from the two he was knocked down in, okay? Yeah. I, gave, I gave it what it was. Um, yeah, 114-110, that's right. I had him winning by four rounds because of the, the two-point differential for the two knockouts. The thing is, I don't understand why... Because he, he is adamant that if he does the same again over 12 rounds against Deontay Wilder, he does not believe he will get the decision. And he wants a conclusive victory right. against uh, Deontay Wilder. He wants to stop the guy. He said, and I want to be seen as the guy that ended Wilder's record with him on the canvas. Him stopped. I, I mean, he's incredibly ambitious. Um, mentally, he seems in the right place. Mm. Um, as you know, Tyson's a very strong character. He got very animated when he was talking about that thing. Um, but, you know... What was his thoughts on, obviously, the, pr- the, the sit-down, the press conference that was in LA? Because, I, like you say, it, it felt like it was thrown together last minute. Um, he actually asked, where were all the British media? Yeah, well, and we, I said, we, we didn't, didn't know until the Friday. Yeah, we didn't you know? know about it. But <laughs> I, I, I felt that it's, an imp- it's important that they do things like that for Tyson because one of his weapons, let's just say, is psychological warfare and he needs to be in front of his opponent getting inside his head. Yeah, he, I, think, I think he did get in Wilder's head. Wilder tried to go for him when they, when they were nose-to-nose and, and Fury started playing his games of being kind of mad with him, didn't he? Mm. You know, yo, yo, I'm shaking, aren't I? I'm terrified. Um, I think, for me, I think what it is Tyson Fury, he's got an advantage over Deontay Wilder in that Wilder is not as loved in America as Tyson Fury is. He said he will never fight in the UK again. If he fights Anthony Joshua, it will have to be in America. Wow. Yeah, he will never fight in the UK again. Um, Reason for that? His contract with ESPN is to fight in America. I just think he's happier here. Mm. I think... What happened after the Klitschko fight when he made those comments he shouldn't have made was that it, it, it blighted his feeling with the British public. Listen, we know how popular he is now. Um, he is going to go back into the, to the WWE again, by the way. <laughs> he wants to fight Brock Lesnar. He wants to fight Cain uh, um, Velasquez. He wants to do all that WWE stuff. He said he had an absolute ball doing it. The, it was really hard work, the training for it. 
Um, he said he would happily fight the MMA guys. Um, he doesn't want a UFC fight or a Bellator fight. He doesn't want to go into MMA. He'll fight him stand-up, though. But he'll fight stand-up against Stipe Miocic, John Jones, Francis Ngannou. All those names came up. Um, he, he was very, very lucid on everything, Adam. Mm. It was fascinating. Absolutely fascinating. Mm. Looking forward to uh, hearing a little bit more from Tyson Fury. Uh, as we build up, of course, uh, towards that fight on February 22nd against Deontay Wilder, the rematch is well and truly on. What does that mean for the other champion? Anthony Joshua regained his belts against Andy Ruiz. You've seen loads of little bits of chat this week about Pulev, Usek, photos going on social media, WBO and IBF set having their two penneths worth. Uh, when it comes to that conversation. So we're going to have the R2 pence worth in a moment or two. So make sure you stick with us. Uh, we're talking AJ next here on Fight Night. This is Fight Night on TalkSport. I'm Adam Catterall. Gareth A. Davis alongside me. We're in Las Vegas for Conor McGregor's return to the UFC. But right now we're talking about boxing. Um, as I said uh, a moment or two ago, you went for dinner with Tyson, which was great. I mean, um, we've got an opportunity as well to sit down with him before we leave uh, Las Vegas. So you're going to hear an extensive, proper interview rather than him just being on a jolly with Tyson Fury and eating some grilled chicken. Um, that'll be coming to TalkSport very, very soon for you. Uh, and I've no doubt we'll be speaking to Anthony Joshua again uh, quite soon because his name uh, has been in the media this week about what is going to happen next. He is, of course, the unified champion, uh, part of his collection of belts. There's an IBF one and a WBO one. Both have got mandatories on there. We've seen this week uh, him and Eddie Hearn sitting down with the uh, K2 managers that look after Alexander Usyk, who would be the challenger for the WBO crown. Uh, the challenger for the IBF crown would be Kubrat Pulev. I saw a rumour knocking about on the social media this week. I don't know how true this is. Kubrat Pulev, Anthony Joshua, sometime in May in Turkey or something, out at the Besiktas football stadium. It's getting crazier and crazier, these places that we might have to visit to go and watch uh, some of our favourite fighters. Um, are you surprised, first of all, about the pictures that you've seen that they're sitting down with Usyk's team? Um, because for me, out of the two fights... If you can't keep both belts because of the mandatory situations, I would take Pulev all day over Usyk because Usyk could be the biggest banana skin for all the heavyweights. Yeah, but in a way, I quite like that. I mean, I, I, I would much prefer to see Anthony Joshua fight Alexander Usyk um, now as well when he's just, just making his way. fresh, yeah. Exactly, fresh meat in the heavyweight division, having been the unified cruiserweight champion. Smaller man, of course. He's 6'2", 6'3", not a natural heavyweight. Um, and I just think the British public know who Alexander Usyk is. Yeah. If they're heading for a, you know, if they are heading for a Wembley Stadium fight or, 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 a, or a Millennium Stadium fight in Cardiff... Alexander Usyk fits the bill so much more than Kubrat Pulev. Yeah, um, yeah. It doesn't. Thinking, yeah. It doesn't thrill me in the slightest. I think Joshua knocks out Pulev convincingly, um, and and we need a resonance now with Anthony Joshua. He's got the bit bet back between his teeth. Um, he's got the three belts, or the four if you count the IBO as well, um, which is regarded as a lesser belt, obviously in the heavyweight division and in all divisions. Mm. Um, you know. Eddie Hearn can sell anything, so we know he can sell the Pulev fight. But it's very promising to see those talks going on. Mm. Um, and I'm glad that that um, if we do get that, hopefully it will be in two or three months' time. Because I think Joshua needs to be active. Yes, 
you know. Well, that's when he did his best work, as he's coming through and he's being ferocious and, and tearing up the heavyweight division. He was active. You were seeing him on a regular basis. I know it's a little bit different now that he's a champion, and over the last few years, he's, he's been a unified champion. So that regularity is a, becomes a little bit more irregular. Mm. Um, but yeah, listen, you're 100% right. The bigger name is Usyk. It most certainly sells. He'd get an awful lot of kudos and respect from fans. Fans would be going crazy for it. Wow, let's do it. Alexander Usyk, the undisputed cruiserweight champion. Can he become a heavyweight champion? Well, let's have a go at Anthony Joshua at Wembley Stadium. I think Usyk could fancy a, a Wembley Stadium as well. I think that's what's lit his eyes up because he's seen his mate Lomachenko come and fight in the UK. And he th- I think he wants a little bit more piece of that pie after the Bellew uh, knock. Yeah, I think, you know, the, the redemption fight that Joshua had in, in Saudi Arabia in December has put him back in the frame with the British public. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, his star did wane. The, 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 the mainstream fans who, you know, have a night out or have a night in uh, and a watching party mm. when Anthony Joshua was fighting uh, realised that it was just a blip in his career against Andy Ruiz. Um, the fact that Joshua stuck to a game plan, went 12 rounds against Ruiz still showed vulnerabilities, Yeah, means he's building again. Um, but I think, you know, he's such a popular figure. Yeah. He, he you know, he, he merits a big event. Anyone that thought, I mean, see, we're used to hearing those loud voices on social media. There's only a few of them, but they, they critique the likes of Joshua, that he is a nobody. Look what he's achieved mm. over nine years or 10 years in the sport. It's extraordinary. His story is not yet over. Mm-hmm. He has been kind of de-escalated um, from Deontay Wilder and Tyson Fury. There's no doubt that he inhabits a tier just below them at the moment. George Foreman says, if you win, you're the guy that week. But he was the guy that week, but he isn't the guy now because mm-hmm. it's the February 22nd fight yeah. in Las Vegas that everybody's interested in now. Mm-hmm. Who is the one out of Deontay Wilder? and Tyson Fury to be considered the number one in the division. The Ring magazine counts Anthony, um, counts Tyson Fury as the lineal champion. A lot of people in America, mainly in America, think Deontay Wilder is the number one. A lot of people think out Deon- think Deontay Wilder will knock Tyson Fury out mm-hmm. in this fight and become the the the, man the, man. the superior man in the division. Joshua's got to keep building. He's got to. Um, he won't box Usyk in the same way if they fight. He will look to land on Usyk um, and, and, and hurt the guy. He's a much bigger man. He's a much heavier puncher. Mm. He's a brilliant finisher. Um, Usyk is a clever southpaw, but he's not Andy Ruiz either. No. Ruiz, Ruiz is a hugely underestimated fighter who frankly threw his opportunity away by driving his flashy cars around for six months in rather Los Angeles training. rather than training. Mm. Um, he reached... He reached his Everest, I think, and and, and realised that he, he didn't have it in him anymore. Mm. You know? mm. What do you uh, make of the talk of Andy Ruiz maybe fighting Dillian White? Yeah, I like that. Yeah? I like that. I, I like that. I like ba- I've seen Big Baby Miller as a fight for Ruiz as well, being talked about. Um, Ruiz is going to be a part player in... In, in in the kind of a gatekeeper, it, if you will, yeah. yeah as as the, as the heavyweight division moves around now, I mean, Dillian White is a is a peculiar situation. Um, you know, uh, Tyson Fury, of course, saying to me uh, over dinner that he wants to give Dillian White an opportunity to fight for the WBC belt if 
um, if he beats Deontay Wilder on February the 22nd here. And I see that as a fight happening in the middle mm. of um, the th- a third potential third fight oh, okay. with Deontay Wilder. Oh, he was categoric that he believes... Tyson's a very fair man. He's categoric that he believes that Dillian White deserves an opportunity. I don't think and anybody th- would argue with that. But I think Dillian White helped his cause with his story on Sky Sports the other day where he talked about um, the, the, the training camp. Wilder getting knocked out. Yeah, Wilder getting knocked out in the Klitschko training camp and you know going away with his tail between his legs. That would have put uh, a smile on Tyson Fury's face because it does... That's the kind of thing that will get into Wilder's head mm. in the build-up to this fight. I mean... Even, you know, behind the scenes, um, when ESPN were doing their, um, not the gloves are off, but when they were doing their round tables with the likes of Andre Ward and, and Sean Porter and some of their commentators, they were all picking Tyson Fury, all love Tyson Fury. And Deontay Wilder saw the recording of that and apparently it upset him in a big way. Mm-hmm. He doesn't feel like he gets the the respect and love in America mm. that he deserves. You remember at the press conference, Adam, in Los Angeles in when, December uh, 2018. When you and him nearly had a fight? Well, not me. <laughs> and, no, but it was part of that whole build-up. Yeah, no, he, like you said, he, he, he gave me the hairdryer treatment. But do you remember Deontay Wilder talking to the media? Um, of course, he did mention that in that chat as well. But he'd gone out and told everyone... You know, Fury comes here with this story about his mental health and, you know, his drinking and how he had to get off drinking and he wanted to commit suicide. If I had done that, you know, I'd have just been some bum who was drinking between fights. I wouldn't have had the same sympathy. And I think he does feel slightly emotionally hurt that in spite of his achievements, going over 40 fights undefeated, Mm. um, all those knockouts, being an American star, that he doesn't get a chance to be a big figure in what is a very crowded sports and entertainment landscape. And I do think he's hurt by it. Mm. I think he is hurt by the fact that he does not get the kudos he deserves in America. Tyson Fury is the guy that's elevated him in America. Mm. I think it eats him. I really do think it eats him. And by the way, early in February, I'm going to see Tyson. Uh, I'm going to see Deontay Wilder in Alabama. Wow! Again, so I'll have That'll a special cool. for our listeners. I'm going to go and him, seeing him and and Jay Diaz in their Tuscaloosa training camp for two days uh, in the fir- in the second week of February. So our listeners will get to hear me into the in the, in his training camp for two days. I, I find him thoroughly engaging. Oh, he's uh, wonderful, Deontay Wilder. I know that he's a, he can be a different character on Fight Week when he becomes the Bronze Bomber. But we've been lucky enough to talk to him at TalkSport in the studios. He came to speak to us and he was absolutely captivating. We had to fight our way through the entire staff of TalkSport. Everybody turned up. Yeah, they all came out for autographs and selfies, didn't they? Top of the boardroom all the way to the interns. I've never seen anyone be mobbed in such a way in the the station. It's unbelievable. It's it's funny that you just mentioned the the fame aspect of Tyson Fury um, being more famous than him here in the States. Deontay Wilder's more famous in the UK than he is in America. It's crazy, isn't it? He loves coming there. I mean, he got an audience with the Pope recently, didn't he? Yeah, as well? I saw that. <laughs> I saw that, yeah. He's a great character. He did. He deserves more resonance. Mm. And I think you've, we've seen this in the past. When you've been around in, in this industry long enough, those two men, in fact, Tyson said to me over dinner, he's got no dislike of Deontay Wilder at all. And his brother Shane and other people in his camp said, we like Deontay Wilder. We, we think he's, he's a straightforward he's, yeah. guy. He's great to deal with. And the thing is about Wilder, 
he definitely has superstar about him. Yeah. It just hasn't been um, realized yet. Da- later on, when these two are older men in their 40s and 50s, they will enjoy the fact that they have this association, like Ali and Foreman did, like Ali and Frazier did. Mm. They will enjoy the 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 resonance that the names of Fury and Wilder, Fury and Wilder, mm. Fury, Wild. It doesn't get better than that. It is made for heavyweight boxing. They will be big friends as time goes on. Uh, you're listening to Talk Sport. This is Fight Night on location in Las Vegas as we build up towards Conor McGregor's comeback against Cowboy Cerrone in the early hours of Sunday morning. Um, about half an hour left of the show uh, before we obviously got to go and get our uh, our best shoes on and uh, head towards uh, the T-Mobile Arena. Uh, I want to talk about and compare big boxing events, which we're talking about right now with Fury Wilder, and big MMA events and whether they cross over into that mainstream. We'll talk about it next here on Talk Sport. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. My business used to be weighed down by the complexities of in-person payments. Then, Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe came along and changed everything. With Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe, I streamlined my payment process effortlessly. Now I can accept in-person, contactless payments right from my iPhone. No extra hardware required. What's truly remarkable is how I can cater to all of my customers' payment preferences. Whether they're using cards, Apple Pay, or other digital wallets, Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe ensure a smooth checkout experience every time. And it's not just me. Stripe helps businesses of all sizes, from local markets to global retailers, scale quickly and stay agile. To learn how Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe can help grow your revenue and reach, visit stripe.com slash tap iPhone. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello? Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. You listen to Fight Night on Talk Sport. It's still me, Adam Catterall, Gareth A. Davis. Uh, we've just topped up with a nice little coffee there. What have you gone for, actually? That smells a little bit different, this new creation that you've just created. Decaf mocha, because I tell you what, I, I don't. I want to be able to get some sleep here. Because you, even though we're eight hours behind the UK, yeah. you wake up early. Yeah. <clears throat> you work a really... I don't want to make this sound awful because it's a pleasure to Nobody's going to feel sorry for you us. You work all day. You do a 14-hour day. You drink too much coffee. You can't get to sleep again. Absolutely, man. Absolutely. Nobody feels sorry for us. We're in Las Vegas. Decaf mocha. Covering uh, UFC 246. <laughs> uh, but right now, I, I actually just want to make a bit of a comparison because there'll be loads of people that listen to our show. They've been to the boxing. They've been to a boxing event, whether it be weigh-ins or press conferences, and then they've gone to the fights themselves. And they might not necessarily cross over and come to the world of mixed martial arts. The UFC is a machine. Uh, a well-run machine uh, that caters really for the entertainment side 
of fight sports. And we were lucky enough yesterday to be at the Conor McGregor weigh-in. And it was all catered and geared up to entertain fans. So they had Chuck Liddell come out to get his uh, Hall of Fame jacket. They were One of the, the, the very first star yeah. of the UFC when it was bought by the Fatita brothers, basically. Yeah. They launched the UFC in 1993 mm-hmm. on the back of the Iceman, a guy who... In the space of six years, Adam, I remember this thing about him. He'd been a security guard at the Super Bowl (laughs) in a fluorescent jacket, and then he was sitting with the president six years later. That big a star, dancing with the stars. Um, Ashton Kutcher. Oh, he did that as well, didn't he? He he, He went to global acclaim, but I. He looked old today, uh, at the weigh-ins yesterday. He looked old. Mm. And it just shows you how much it takes out of these guys. He got his jacket yesterday, didn't yeah, he? Yeah, his yeah. Hall of Fame jacket. His Hall of Fame jacket at the, at the weigh-in. Um, and that was part of a show. So they yeah, put, they, it was they, a show. They had him out. They had, obviously, a little bit of interview. Then they had a few other guest fighters knocking about. Masvidal was, obviously, back in San Sleeper Miocic. The heavyweight champion was, uh, was there as well, and a few others. And then, obviously, you have a very quick-fired weigh-in. Bing, bang, bing, bing, bing. Away we go, and the show's on it's the It's a 40-minute show, basically, isn't it? It's absolutely fantastic. Um, and... You look into the crowd, obviously it's Conor McGregor, so maybe this is, uh, this is a little bit hyped up, and we could probably compare this one, Conor McGregor versus Donald Cerrone, with the heavyweight contest that we've got uh, next month. Uh, again, going down in Las Vegas between Tyson Fury uh, and uh, Deontay Wilder. And I just wanted to compare the, the entertainment, the production elements maybe is the right way of going about this, of how we do boxing compared to how we do MMA. I think MMA is streets ahead. I really oh, do. No, it is. I think no it's miles ahead and boxing can learn so much to, to really take it to the next level. 14, 15 years ago when I first started covering MMA uh, at this level, UFC stuff, what I noticed that boxing wasn't doing as the digital era grew, mm. as social media grew, they were very Machiavellian in a good sense in terms of listening to what people were saying online, the fans, and what the fans were mm. asking for, they gave. They they always kept it glossy. They all Production values were of the very highest order. It's like, if you go back and look at all the UFC programming way back when, Dana White, the Fatita brothers, are on earphones throughout an entire show watching all the details, talking to the producers. They owned their own content all the way through because they knew how they wanted it to be. The UFC fan, or the MMA fan, but the UFC fan is um, is a person who wants the best, fighting the best as soon as possible, who is highly critical mm. of those production values not being at the highest order. They set those standards early on, and boxing has followed. The... the um, Todd DeBuff at top rank, Eddie Hearn at Matchroom Sport um, have definitely looked at the way yeah. the UFC have done things. The only thing that's gone the other way is that Sweet Caroline, used by Eddie Hearn, is now used by Darren Till when he comes out in the UK mm. for the UFC. Boxing has learnt in that way from these big production events. We've got to talk about the, the, the magnitude of yesterday's way in Adam. It, yeah. it, the big question mark has been leading into this Conor McGregor comeback since it was announced only, what was it, seven weeks ago, yeah. eight weeks ago? Yeah, yeah. Oh, there isn't enough lead time. It was a packed um, 
Park MGM Theatre. Yeah. Probably 5,000 people in there. Yeah. And when Conor McGregor worked at, walked out, those old strains of ole, 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 you could feel all the cameras swing around to film the crowd. Only Anthony Joshua, Deontay Wilder, Tyson Fury, and Saul Canelo Alvarez, and Mayweather and Pacquiao, in the time that I've been covering boxing, can generate the same kind of atmosphere around a fight. Ricky did. Rick, oh no, Ricky did. Ricky did for a couple of fights. Yeah, yeah. No, Ricky, you're right. Ricky did, and I was all at those. At yeah. all of those, I should remember that. Particularly the Mayweather fight. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the and the Pacquiao fight. But in the modern era now, for me, there's only Tyson Fury. His following at the Frampton's got it. I think a little bit. No, but not to the same degree. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You're a hundred percent right. Mm. And as I look at what we experienced with Conor McGregor walking out. Yeah, okay, the, he has a special set of fans that follow him all, all, all over the world and they create the atmosphere. Of course they do, and that's, that's a thing that can also be recreated in the world of boxing uh, with your love for a particular fighter. I'm talking now about pure production elements of putting a show on for those fans so the fans actually go away even more buzzed up from a weigh-in situation and then boom, into your fight night. And the fight night production is much better than what we're experiencing in boxing. Boxing can learn so much from the production elements to make it a better a fan experience. They've got it down to a T, the USC. No, and they have. There's reasons for that. Um, we're in Vegas for a start. Yeah. Vegas is the home of the UFC. It's, it's, you know, it's the headquarters. They know about glitz, glamour, and razzmatazz. They know how to do it. Yeah. Dana White has grown up around it. The Fatita brothers have grown up around um, the, the... The entertainment industry. The, the entertainment industry. They're, they're casino owners, the Fatita brothers. They know how to... The, about production values. In in many ways, they are a leading force in the world in their production values, and it's part of why they're so successful. Um, there's a gloss about it which has an X factor, mm. and, and we really experience it. And when you've got a star like McGregor, what, what happens is, look at Ronda Rousey. She was in Strike Force before. She was at Misha Tate in Strike Force mm. before they came to the UFC. Once they came to the UFC, they were platformed in a much bigger way. Mm. It's the platform it, it creates for so many fighters. And if you can um, use that platform as a fighter, they give them training, don't they? They, yeah. did, they set out and give them media training specifically to say, make use of this platform yeah. because the eyes are on the sport. And we've always said that about mixed martial arts, even when it wasn't popular. I remember... I remember arguing and having to write reports to editors to explain how big this was going to be years ago, mm. Adam. You know, to say, we need to be on this bandwagon. We need to surf this wave because it is a sport that once you get the eyeballs on it, once you come to that experience for the first time, like that way, and you go, wow, I'm going to come again. Mm. It is. It's addictive. It really is addictive. And I encourage anybody listening to this right now, if you've been to your boxing stuff, whatever you do, however, however you're following your fight sports, if you've never been to a UFC event, mixed martial arts event, January 31st, tickets go on sale for UFC London. Try and jump on it. Try and, try and come and be a part of that particular week because I think it'll, it will most certainly start you off as becoming a fan. One thing as well that I just want to say that boxing can learn is... And is learning. Yes, of course it is. Of course it is, yeah. Matchmaking. Because yeah. if you look at the matchmaking in the world of mixed martial arts mm. compared to the matchmaking in the world of, of boxing, boxing's still a way off. MMA fans, you, you nailed it all before when you were talking about fans' expectation. Fans are expecting 
competitive fights. Give me competitive fights all the time. No matter what level you're fighting at, give me something good. That, that graph goes up and down a little bit sometimes. They can't always put the best against. As the sport's developed, as MMA has developed, they haven't always been able to put the best against the best as soon as the fans want it. There have been small hiatuses mm-hmm. in that. But when they can do it, they will do it. It's like last year when they jumped on the opportunity. Jorge Masvidal made himself a great star when he knocked out Ben Askren with a flying knee. The fans loved it. It went viral with hundreds of millions of views on, on social media. And, they, and when Nate Diaz fought, Jorge Masvidal was in the crowd. He called him out. They had a big event. And that's what they're very clever at. Boxing's much more old school, mm. much more traditional. And those are the things they need to learn by. Mm. Couldn't agree more. And it's also predicated on a pay-per-view model as well. It's a sales force working for the company as well. You know yourself because you're working within it. I've known this for a long time. It's a sales force. They are selling, selling, selling. They're not just promoting. They are selling. Mm. And it's working. Of course it's working. It'll always work. It'll always be there. Dana White's pivotal for me in it because he's a great figurehead. The Fatitas were pivotal. And I think Endeavour... In the last four years, have actually learned. You could, there was a dip yes, when was. Endeavor bought it. There was a transition it, period. Because they didn't yeah. understand. Yeah. They brought in 150 executives, whereas it was a small team before. There's no university degree, there's no masters in business on fight sports. You understand fight sports and you learn it on the job. There's no, there's no book on it. Bob Arum's the book. Dana White's the book. Um, Don King's the book. Frank Warren's the book. The matchmakers are the book. They are the book that creates the history of, our, of the sports we're covering. Mm. Fingers crossed. The boxing guys jump on board and we get a little bit more entertainment over the next 12 months because there's some fantastic fights uh, coming our way. We're going to finish off by speaking about uh, everything else that's going on in the world of boxing. So do stick with us. You listen to Fight Night on Talk Sport. Uh, I just want to touch upon uh, some other stuff that's going on in the world of boxing. We spoke about uh, Tyson Fury. We spoke about the AJ situation. I just want to bring up uh, Billy Joe Saunders uh, because before I got on the plane and came out here, uh, the rumours were getting hotter. Mm. Uh, the talk was getting louder that he's going to be the name that uh, that Canelo chooses. Uh, and fingers crossed they can get that over the line. I'm led to believe they were maybe doing the business and the negotiations of it over the last seven days or so. It's a hell of a fight, that. It's a hell of a fight. And for me, Billy needs it. He needs that big name. Because when the big names come and the big challenges come for Billy Joe Saunders, very similar to Tyson Fury, we get the best out of him. Absolutely. Let's hope, Adam, that on Cinco de Mayo, the 5th of May, we are sitting here doing another show with Billy Joe Saunders. In Spanish. (coughs) In Spanish. You'll be doing it in In Spanish. In Espanol, claro, tío. Um, (laughs) In Spanish, um, with our Canelo interviews, I'll be simultaneously translating. That's it. Sitting here in the suite with us. Do you remember when you did that with Oscar Rivas? It was great fun. It, it was, was great fun. <laughs> you, you were, I was asking questions and you were giving it to him then in, in Spanish and then interpreting back for me as well. Beautiful work. Well, he, listen, let's, let's be honest. If we can get Billy Joe Saunders, um, not we, but if we get Billy Joe Saunders matched up with Saul Canelo Alvarez... It's going to be another monumental week here in Las Vegas. It will be Vegas. Um, Has to be. It'll be Cinco de Mayo. He's the guy that's inherited those two slots Mm. that Floyd Mayweather held for many years at the MGM Grand, May and September. The two Mexican holidays, the biggest pay-per-view weekends in American fight sports. Um, Traditionally so, the the algorithms tell you so. Um, It would be amazing. And I think... Billy Joe Saunders is as good a challenge in the world for Canelo as any other fighter. Yeah, I agree. Due to how elusive he is, 
his punch power. He's a boxer. We're, we're, we're seeing as well with Ben Davison that he's putting the work in. Um, spoke to Billy just recently, and he does feel very good physically. I see those two meeting at super middleweight, by the way, not middleweight. Do you agree with that? Yeah, uh, I think the reason... Um, I, I just think going up to £175 for his last fight, Canelo, to come all the way back down to 160 I don't think we'll see him at 160 ever again. Mm-hmm. I think mm-hmm. it's done. I think you think there's no Golovkin fight there then, or they'll catch weight it. Do you I, think? I think he'll drag him up. I think yeah. he'll try and get him up to one sixty eight. I yeah. think easier for Golovkin, you know, not to have to force his body to make weight yeah. at one hundred and sixty pounds at the age of thirty six or whatever. So I think I think Billy Joe Son has been a legitimate world champion at one hundred and sixty eight with the WBO crown. I know that Canelo had the WBA regular title. He gave it up, didn't he? I think he binned it off. Um, and a lot of I've people... already lost interest. Yeah, you know, in the, no, the, the, in, in the belts belt. and which ones and yeah, yeah. But Canelo's people... Canelo. He doesn't even need a belt anymore. Correct. Thirty million Mexicans stop and watch him live. Yeah, you're Thirty right. million Mexicans. My God, if they had a huge middle class that would pay pay per view, imagine how big a star he would be. That's why DAZN signed him on an eleven fight, three hundred sixty-five million US dollar deal. Mm. He uh, extraordinarily, he is a huge star. I know you always have a question mark about him. Yep. I'm going to persuade you over the years yep. just to let that drop. I don't think he's a deliberate cheat, you see. I, 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 I've spent time around <laughs> him. I just don't think he is. Okay. I've known him a long time. I'm trying to defend him here, the ginger one. Listen, you know? there, is absolute, there is absolutely <laughs> no dispute in his talent. He is a phenomenally talented doesn't young man. doesn't need to cheat. He's been doing it since he was 15 years of age professionally. Yeah. He's outstanding. He really is outstanding. But I agree with what you said before. I think Billy Joe Saunders is probably... Stylistically, a very good. It's a great test. test. He's a yeah. slick southpaw. Let's have it. Let's see. Let's see what happens in that particular fight. Do you know what? It's a similar kind of matchup to Deontay Wilder and Tyson Fury. Now, Billy Joe Saunders and Tyson Fury have grown up in the same traveler generation, mm. where they didn't do fair fights in the uh, in the, on the site on the caravan site, if mm. you like. Um, because the, the the shift into being more dedicated boxers began. And he is that elusive type of fighter. Canelo's going to go hunting, yeah. and he's going to try and outbox him. Canelo's a better boxer than Deontay Wilder, though. Yes. Oh, yeah, yeah he yeah, is. Yeah. No, I'm not. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I, I mean, but Canelo's going to hunt for the knockout yes. against him. He's a pressure fighter yeah. with a great array of punches. No, they're on, they inhabit different planets. Yeah, yeah. If they were in the same weight division, Canelo wipes the floor with Deontay Wilder. Mm. Fingers crossed we can get it made. The, um, the, 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 the landscape then of middleweight becomes interesting with Canelo no longer in mm, it. Mm. And who, who rises? With Jaime it, with Munguia. It, with him no um, longer being there. He's moving up to, from light middle to middle. I, I really like him. Remember his dad was a heavyweight, mm. so he's big boned. I remember that fight he had with Liam Smith when he was brutal. Mm. You know Munguia. I think he's a great prospect in the division i think he hits hard i think he's wide open though yeah Mon- no Mon- no he's a, he's a he's a brawler he's a bruiser yeah yeah, but yeah i do like him he's a thrilling fighter you can match him with anyone yeah, yeah. i'll tell you i'd like to see get an opportunity maybe this year at uh at 160 liam williams he's really impressed me over the yes. last 18 months yeah. since he's moved from 154 switched gyms as well with dominic engel yeah. sheffield and yeah. gone to 160 yeah he's really impressed me and i think he, he could only be one two fights away from being 
given the call to, to fight one of the champions or if there's a vacant belt, if Canelo says, right, I'm staying at 168 or whatever it may be. Yeah, I mean, I think the top line is that there are great opportunities for British boxers. Liam Williams had his dip against Liam Smith. Um, brilliant second fight from Liam Smith where he out-jabbed him. Yeah. Um, very dirty first fight that the two of them had, of course, a lot of head-butting and all mm. that kind of thing. Um, the, the, but the key is when you've got... Um, We've seen it with Anthony Joshua, we've seen it with Tyson Fury, and we can see the same with Billy Joe Saunders, um, that when a fighter gets a major fight, it creates a gap, which is what you're talking about, mm. an opportunity, a hole mm. for someone else to fill, yeah, yeah. you know? Because once they go to that level, Billy Joe Saunders ain't going to be fighting a Liam Smith anymore, yeah. or a Kel Brook, or, a, or anyone like that. He's going to be fighting at that level forever. Just on that, because I'm hearing that it's quite close... I'm surprised it's not been announced yet because I thought that the deal was done. Uh, I'll have to check it uh, with my sources. Um, Chris Eubank Jr. and uh, Daniel Charlo, um, which is a wonderful opportunity for him. I know that his last fight, Chris Eubank Jr. Uh, yeah. Well, against, I saw it was New York, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, it was, yeah. Against it was Mac, in America, though. I know it ended a little bit weird. but Mac, Well, we learned nothing. Of course we did, but we, it was against Matt Korobov, who I said was a tough challenge for him. And if you came through it, then you never know what could be on the horizon. Charlo, listen, we've seen him be outboxed on many occasions. I don't know if Eubank Jr. has got the style to beat him. I really don't. But it's a great fight because you know that Eubank's going to bring it and Charlo can knock out, knock people out uh, at any given time. Look, it's, it's, it's a sport of cliches in some ways. Uh, styles make fights. Yes. And, um, <laughs> and, and Eubank's style matches with so many other boxers because he is going to bring it. Um, we, as you say, we didn't learn against Matt Korobov um, the development of Chris Eubank Jr. because Korobov damaged his shoulder in the second round, yeah. wasn't it? Andy Lee, of course, who took a world title from Korobov, believed that Korobov would give him problems. He was going to give him problems with that left hand. But I do think at his age, I think Eubank would have come through against the older Korobov. I, I still maintain... This, the pair of cojones on Eubank gets him through and his DNA gets him through yeah. so many fights where he's technically inferior. Yeah. I, but with this one, if he can draw his opponent into a war, we could have one of the fights of the year on our hands. I agree. You know? I think that is mouth war in that fight. There's, there's so many just on the horizon. There's so many just ticking along that we could have a really, really good year. We've just been saying in the, in the last section uh, about the comparisons between MMA matchmaking and boxing matchmaking. This could be a really good year for boxing. If we just take a bit of politics out, a few people lose a little bit of ego, there's some sensational fights, really mouth-watering fights that could just be week after week after mm -hmm. week after mm -hmm. week in the world of boxing. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to Quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. My business used to be weighed down by the complexities of in-person payments. Then, Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe came along and changed everything. With Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe, I streamlined my payment process effortlessly. Now I can accept in-person, contactless payments right from my iPhone. No extra hardware required. What's truly remarkable is how I can cater to all of my customers' payment preferences. Whether they're using cards, Apple Pay, or other digital wallets, 
Tap to pay on iPhone and Stripe ensure a smooth checkout experience every time. And it's not just me. Stripe helps businesses of all sizes, from local markets to global retailers, scale quickly and stay agile. To learn how Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe can help grow your revenue and reach, visit stripe.com slash tap iPhone.